invite the congregation to rise now for the gospel. Our gospel lesson for today, the 21st Sunday after Pentecost, comes from Matthew chapter 22, verses 15 through 22. Then the Pharisees went and plotted to entrap Jesus in what he said. So they sent their disciples to him, along with the Herodians, saying, Teacher, we know that you are sincere and teach the way of God in accordance with truth and show deference to no one, for you do not regard people with partiality. Tell us then what you think. Is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor or not? But Jesus, aware of their malice, said, Why are you putting me to the test, you hypocrites? Show me the coin used for the tax. And they brought him a denarius. Then he said to them, Whose head is this and whose title? And they answered, The emperor's. And he said to them, Give therefore to the emperor the things that are the emperor's, and to God the things that are God's. When they heard this, they were amazed, and they left him and went away. The Gospel of the Lord. You may be seated. I'm going to do things just a little bit differently today. Um, What I'm going to talk about may end up connecting to the gospel, and it may not. So if it doesn't, give me a pass. But I had a question uh, from one of the confirmation students um, from a couple of weeks ago that I thought was worth talking about. Speak up. Okay, sorry. I'll talk a little louder. I had a question a couple of weeks ago, or from a couple of weeks ago, from one of the confirmation kids that sort of made me perk up and pay attention because I think it's worth acknowledging. The question was, why are Israel and Hamas fighting? Oh, Lord. Let me first say I am not an expert in foreign policy. I just want to throw that out there. But I think it's good to be aware of, and I think it's important to note that what is going on right now is nothing new. Uh, The group that is studying the story, was it Joshua today? Okay. So today they looked at Joshua, and next week they'll be looking at Judges um, as the chapters. And that's in my head because if you're not aware, I I record a video. Um, So I've did the one for today, and I've already done the one for next week, so I kind of have both of these in in mind. Now, the history is important. So the history of the nation of Israel, or perhaps the region would be a better way of calling it. If we go back to the, the time of Joshua, that's when the Israelites were coming into the promised land, and Joshua was leading them, and it was a long period, pretty much several decades of conquest of the Israelite people or the Hebrew people or the Jewish people, whatever term we want to use, uh, going in and systematically displacing the people that live there. And then once that was kind of completed, then they divided up the, uh, the, the region between the different tribes, the 12 tribes, so they all had their different places. Now, History, if, if it's taught us anything, is that there's kind of an ongoing story that happens ever since society has been a thing. And, and here's the story. Our way is the best. Our place is the best. Our way of life is the best. Our food is the best. 
Our God is the best. And we would like you to join us. Please do, or we'll kill you. I see a lot of nods. Am I wrong? Okay. That was basically what was going on at that time. And it's not unique to Israel, and it's not unique at that point in history. It's been going on for a long time. Now, another thing to keep in mind is the people, the Israelite people, at that point were very, very tribal. There were 12 tribes, and sometimes the tribes got along really well, and sometimes they fought with each other just as much as they were fighting with everybody else. And it was this idea of your immediate community, those were your people, and that's who you would really protect, and that's who you would really watch over and who you would fight with. And sometimes they worked together, and sometimes they didn't. Now, moving from the conquest of Joshua into the time of the judges, which I'll look at next week, and if you're familiar with the judges, you might know this, that there were still a lot of cultures around, even though the Israelites had come into the region and had really kind of taken it over. Now, there's a passage that we'll find in the Bible that says that God had told them to wipe the people out because these people were wicked. And admittedly, I don't really know what to make of that. Their culture was different. Their way of life was different. Their religion was different. But it really falls down to, hmm, we're not going to get along, so we better fight about it. And that's gone on and on and on and on, and it never stopped. As society has moved forward through the generations and through the centuries, maybe we've gotten a little nicer at it, but maybe not either. And all we have to do right now is turn the news on and see that. Now, what's painful about this, or where what I think lies at the heart of this, is an us versus them mentality. And we find ways to demonize the others, or maybe even demonize is not the right word. We find ways to dehumanize who lies on the other side of that, of whatever line we want to draw. Now, we draw all kinds of lines. Some of them are funny. How many people are Iowa State people? Okay. How many people are Iowa people? We joke about that in the sanctuary a lot. Um, I think most of us still love each other. I hope so anyway, except for when they play each other. That's one line, and that's humorous. But I can remember in my younger years when I went to Iowa State not being real nice to Iowa people. And that's maybe just a stupid example of the point that I'm trying to make, is that it's really, really, really easy to come up with excuses to hate and to demonize and to dehumanize. And maybe it makes it that much easier to not care when bad stuff happens to them, or worse yet, when we're the ones who do it. So now we have this ongoing conflict right now that stems, this particular moment anyway, from a terrorist organization that killed a bunch of innocent people. And now in retaliation, that government is fighting back and is killing a bunch of people, a bunch of innocent people who just get in the way. And I can't help but think that this ongoing conflict, not just this immediate thing, but this ongoing tension within that area stems from, this is our home. No, this is our home. No, this is our home. 
we were here first. No, you weren't. Yes, we were. No, you weren't. Let's kill each other. Which is almost laughable if it didn't make me want to cry. Identity. I think that's what this all comes down to. Now, with all of this in mind, now I do want to talk just a little bit about our gospel and what's lying underneath that because it's still a question of identity. We hear about two different groups that, that partner up to try and get Jesus. We have the Pharisees. Now we hear about them a lot. Their identity is that we follow the law and that's how we express our faith. And they were very, very rigid in it. And they're also seemingly in the Gospels the go-to bad guys who always butt heads with Jesus. And then we've got this other group called the Herodians. Now, maybe you've heard that and maybe you haven't. We don't hear it real often. But the Herodians were people who were just utterly loyal to the, really to the Roman government because the Roman government supported King Herod. He was the king of Israel, the king of Israel, but he was supported by Rome. So if you support Herod, that means you support Rome. And Jewish people, well, they're all Jewish, but Pharisees and Herodians would not get along. Their identity is one, I'm loyal to this and I'm loyal to that, but they can work together to try and get Jesus. And they think they're pretty smart. Jesus, is it lawful to pay taxes to the emperor? Haha, whichever way he answers, he'll be in trouble with somebody. And Jesus is like, really? We don't have time for this. And he says, give me a coin. And who's on it? Oh, the emperor. Well, then give it to the emperor. It's his. And give to God what is God's. And then he walks on. And I think that this is very telling, this whole situation, because they're trying to use a gotcha on Jesus, a gotcha moment. And how often do we see that or hear that within our conversations, within politics, you name it. We love our gotcha moments. And you answer this way, oh, I'm going to get you. You answer that way, oh, I'm going to get you, and I'm going to make you the bad guy regardless. But in life, I don't think we can just say good guy, bad guy all the time. That dichotomy doesn't work. No matter how hard we try and justify one way or the other or make ourselves feel better because we support one thing or another. How's that working for us as a whole? At all? Or do we have innocent kids getting killed because people can't get along and argue, my way's the best, no, my way's the best, no, my way's the best? I don't have any really great news on this front to share. Because this is a sad situation. I wish it was isolated, but it's not. We know it's not. This type of thing happens all over the world all the time because we humans are really good at hating each other. But the reason that I wanted the kids to remember today that you are a child of God, that is an identity that is universal. Whatever it was that Jesus was doing through his life and his death and his resurrection, he said flat out, I draw all people to myself. And God claims every single one of us is beloved child, whether we act like it or not. Let's face it, a lot of the times we don't act like it. I don't, I don't, I don't have any great way to solve what's happening in Israel right now other than to pray about it. My heart breaks for the violence that's going on there. 
And I wish I could say that I understand it, but I don't. But I can also say that I'm not surprised by it because that's human nature. Our way is the best, and you can join us or we'll kill you. This world is broken, and humanity is broken, and flawed, and selfish, and dangerous, and damaging to ourselves and to one another. But God loves us anyway. I don't know why some days, but God loves us. And I think about, I'm kind of jumping, I'm sorry, I'm jumping a lot of things. I'm thinking about Thessalonians now. We hear about hope in Thessalonians. And that's the message of that entire scripture, that entire book of the Bible, or that entire letter that Paul wrote to the Thessalonians is about hope in the midst of things that don't make sense. Now, the background with that, Jesus had been around. Jesus says, I'm going to come back. Jesus went to heaven, and then a generation went by, and people were starting to die, and Jesus wasn't back yet. And they're like, uh, Paul, what do we do with this? And he said, I don't really know, but I still hope that the promises of God through Jesus are real for all of us. And that ultimately, in the eternal sense, we will not be let down. We will not be disappointed, even though we as humanity might disappoint the hell out of God. Thanks be to God that God's grace overcomes all this junk. And that God's way is not, my way is the best, join me or I'll kill you. God's way is, I love you and you are mine. And not even death will get in the way of that. I see you looking to go to the piano. Amen.